Free solo. Hello, welcome to episode six of the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers, and with me, as always, is Declan Kitchener. Hello. That's right, Declan Kitchener, opposite me, on our sixth week of doing the Weekly Song Podcast. How have we survived this long? I know. And uh, next week will be our seventh and last of the actual challenge. That's right, isn't it? We well, might la- as well last of this us. round of the challenge. That's right. And uh, then we got a little bit of a surprise for you guys. Yeah, you coming cool. up for the Yuletide season. Say no more, say no say more. No more. Uh, so if, you're, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, the idea of the show is to write a song every week from scratch. And you have seven days to write a song. And uh, Declan and I both write a song each. And we show them to each other on the podcast. And we each haven't heard each other's songs up until that point. Exactly. Wouldn't it be awful if one week we just wrote really awful songs we just said to each other, that was shit, mate. <laughs> Can you do it again? <laughs> You need to go back into the shed and try that again. <laughs> yeah, that's the danger of never hearing it beforehand. All right, I believe this week uh, it's Roger's turn to go first. That's right, it's me first. And uh, this week I have a song which uh, has the longest title of a song I've ever had. Okay, so let me get this right. What have I got to do to have you drive away in this new Cadillac convertible today? Okay. Okay, <laughs> and it goes a little Fair enough. And it goes like this. She's got a hold on you and everywhere you turn to go. She puts up a flagpole by the ashes and mud and every now and then you notice it's the same you got these rock hard feet that never seem to move you're tied to the pole with elastic now this panoramic view is starting to appeal to the hunter in you i guess it's always been the same the hunter and the prey That everyone around you can plainly see I've got a lot to learn I'm struggling to see I still couldn't make the connection Oh, well maybe if I speak Then everyone around me can plainly see I guess it's always been the same The hunter and the prey And somebody's saying
like that. Thank and you I very am much. now shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. I you know, one thing that struck out to me in the chords was I love the way you're sort of using your C. Bear in mind that Roger is half a step lower than me, so That's what right. I play won't sound the same as him. But you're using your C to E minor, to A minor, and then to an E major. Like, I, yeah. I just thought that sounded pretty damn cool there. Thank you. I like the lyric as well, like it's and the tune is like really nice and breezy over it, and I mean that in a good way. Like, yeah. I don't know what's the word. Like it's it's clear and uncomplicated. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think it flows quite nicely, and it's one of those ones where the chords really informed the uh, the melody. Um, so you know. has got a real progression to it, you know, really kind of takes you, takes you on a little snaky journey. A little snaky journey. <laughs> Callback for anyone who's... a reference. Callback. <laughs> um, so, you know... <laughs> it kind of just came naturally. Uh, lyrically, I'm going to just admit, it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> um, which I'm becoming more and more comfortable with the more I write. Um, these are just the words that came, you know? Yeah. Um, often with a song I'll be able to go, well, this line's sort of about this, this line's about that. Um, the line, um, the title, What Have I Got To Do To Have You Drive Away In This New Cadillac Convertible Today, is a quote from the show King of the Hill. And there's, okay. a, there's a character on it called Lane Prattley, who's a used car salesman, or a new car salesman, someone. And he... He sells this car to Peggy Hill, the character on the show. There's no real significance to that, but two weeks ago when we did um, the podcast, I had the idea, like, I really want a long title, and I was watching King of the Hill, and this came up on the show, and I sort of made a mental note of it, and I thought... And I, I was, I'd write, written the song up into the chorus, and then um, I had sort of, you know... I guess it's always been the same The hunts around the prey You know, this bit... And then I thought, I need sort of like something to finish off the chorus that sounded like a question. I thought, you know what, two weeks ago I had this idea of this <laughs> stupid long lyric, you know? And let's just put it in right here. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much a song that's like, I want you to find a meaning in it. You know, because yeah. there isn't really one for me personally. So, you know, there's little lines in there that people can find meaning in, but there's nothing particularly intelligent or considered about what it's trying to say. Which is fine, you know. Well, it's like there's that whole genre of like emotional lyric writing, like um, where it doesn't necessarily have to make perfect logical sense. Mm. Like the the get out clause to it doesn't make sense is neither does Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, exactly. You know? Or neither does I'm the Walrus. Yeah. Like there are so many songs with lyrics that are just indecipherable. Like if you look at basically Mark Boland's entire output, if you try and make sense of almost any of that. <laughs> different, da, different. Yeah. Right away, it's fun like a people in a building. <laughs> but um, I do like the sort of uh, style of it. Also, I was noticing you were doing like the blackbird chords up the way, up the neck, like... like um, That's right. Just, which for non-guitar playing or people who aren't really sure, uh, what I call blackbird chords because they're featured prominently in the song Blackbird. It's basically just your root note and a third, uh, but the third is as at least an octave above the root. My dad's gonna love us talking about this. Yeah. He, he likes that song and he likes those chords. One thing I was quite pleased with, which is really quite obvious, right? Um, is this, the way the last chorus uses those chords. So yeah, I was gonna say you switched over to like full chords for that full one. Full chords, didn't you? which is 
creates more of a lift, which I like. So up until then, it's going A and C, A minor, first and third, a G, which is rootless, so B and D, and this is just going up the fretboard, um, yeah. as this isn't visual, um, a C major, but without the um, fifth, so you've got a C and E, and then, you know, uh, a major, but without the A, so it's rootless, and then D minor, which is uh, without its fifth. Yeah, is that Mo right? most, of them, most of them are without their fifths. That's interesting you say that that one is A major, because I, I was reading it as like C diminished. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of is that. I mean, really, that you're probably right, actually, where it could be like, um, which kind of works, but... What I did to have them as four chords is I've got an A minor, a G with its root and in its all its glory, C, and then instead of I've got an A major seven to a D minor, and the D minor on the uh, previous choruses is one where you're hitting a D, a G, an F, and an E, so you go. Oh, so you've got like some proper nice suspensions going on in there. Yeah, yeah, which uh, and then that all disappears by the end. So you just got this sort of. Like... Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's really nicely constructed and, and quite a nice piece of music. Thank and like you. I said, I'm so scared to do mine. Now. <laughs> I was scared to go first. I had adrenaline before we started, and now it's over, and I'm fine. The only thing I will say about this song is that I. If I had a little bit more time, I, I wish I'd have written a middle section for it. Yeah, I, I was thinking, like, when you were doing, like... Because normally your songs tend to be, like, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Mm. Like, I was thinking as you went into that last one, I was like, is this a bridge from Roger? Oh, I know, Bridger Heathers. Bridger Heathers. Um, well, it was going to be a bridge. Um, I had an idea for it, but it just didn't work because the bridge I had in mind was, like, this sort of... To be honest with you, I, I kind of intended to come here and shock you with this jaunty ragtime song, which isn't what this is, um, on piano, and um, it went kind of, it was in C, so it went kind of like this. That was the ending. And that didn't end up happening. So that was going to be the chordal structure of the end of this song. But I can, I can see, sort of see where the ideas are coming from in there. Yeah, yeah like it's definitely a, a distant cousin of what I actually came up with. Yeah. It's interesting you say that, because I was so tempted to try and write like a like Charleston-y, uh, 20s kind of vibe song a long time ago as well. Like I think I remember singing you the words I had for it. Yeah, like, you should still do that If one. you want to stay together, want to, da -da -da -da, want to be together for the rest of our lives... Like, I really want to write one now. <laughs> next week, next week, yeah. <laughs> Is it cheating if we already have an idea for lyrics beforehand? Uh, how do you mean? Uh, well, for example, you have the Charleston lyrics, but you don't actually have, like, proper written-out music for it, you know? Well that's, well, that's the thing, I wouldn't be using that one. I'd be creating a different one. Right, true. I I must admit, I haven't done this and I won't be doing it, but... I have this half-written song called Lee Harvey Oswald, and... Um, I wonder what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be surprised, um, but, but anyway, it's half-written, and I kind of secretly thought to myself at one point when I was panicking, I think, a week ago, if I really can't ever think of something, I'll just use Lee Harvey Oswald and just, like, flesh it out a bit, and no one will ever know the difference. <laughs> well, that's the thing, like, it, 
lyrics are a massive struggle for me so every single week I go through all my old ideas like are there any themes here that I can develop are there nice sentences I can use <laughs> and you're like cursing your old self like you're not coming through for me this week <laughs> yeah why did you not create good music back then <laughs> well that's about all I can think of to say for my song this week um, I'm pretty pleased with it um, it's a bit nonsensical and uh, yeah that's this week right so it's uh, it's your time now Declan uh Tell us what the song's called. Okay, this song um, is called Wonder. And just to sort of prep everybody, I wrote it yesterday. Uh-huh. I've not had time and I've been stuck on ideas. so And I haven't learned how to sing it, sing it properly. So this is going to sound pretty off. But, you know, it's a weekly song challenge. Sometimes it doesn't go right. <laughs> change and if patience is a virtue then I'm a fucking saint getting simple answers is a skill I need to learn cause it feels like I'll be waiting till the ground beneath me burns what I was taught But what I did not know back then was the truth is easy but Flash your biggest smile and then look me in the eye I'll give you all my faith and I'll never question why the last goodbye Common sense prevailing is the last thing you would need Thinking grain of logic finds it harder to
Good stuff. Really good stuff. I think you had nothing to be worried about there. That's a great song. Oh, that is so difficult to sing because that note in the chorus. And I often want... That's a note beyond my comfortable it's top range. top of your range, isn't it? Like, yeah. my top note, roughly, that I can reliably do is that E. Yeah. And the first note of that chorus is... <laughs> That's one of the reasons I can't play uh, Memories is because the chorus melody is... I have to lower it down, yeah. despite the fact that I wrote it in that key. Anyway, yeah, I've been telling Roger all week that I've had four songs, uh, four chords. Um, if you don't count inversions, that was slightly a fib. But, ah. uh, but um, yeah, in terms of chords, this is joint equal for the least amount of chords if you don't count bass notes. There's only six chords in this song, I think. It seems like a lot more than that when I was watching your, your uh, yeah. uh, right hand, left hand there. Yeah, well, it's um, bass notes. Um, I'm just going to go over to the piano to demonstrate a couple of things in a second. Okay. Right, the four chords that this tune is based around are D minor, A major, F major, and G major. If I could have my guitar back a second. Sure. I originally thought they sounded quite Nirvana-y, like you, you'd sort of hear them in the verse of a Nirvana song, so I thought I'd try it like that, like... then I realised the strumming pattern I was doing was the same as last week. Which I thought, you know, that's a bit too blatant, even if I am a lazy writer. So I um, uh, just tried anything and then I, I remember Sam, a mutual friend of ours, has always has a great bit of advice. If you're stuck, punk it to the max. So um, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, strummed it as hard as I could. But then I was trying to think of other ways to do the chords. So the pre-chorus bit, it's the same chords, like... But uh, it goes down in semitonal movements on the bass mm. because that's the chords uh, can move like that. So it's a D minor, A over C sharp, F over C, and a G over B. It's really nice. It's a good, good, good rundown. And then the intro bit is just... Same idea, but it's all just over a D chord, a D bass. That's the first thing I liked about the song when you first began, because I was noticing the D string just kept on going throughout everything, the open D. Yeah. And I was thinking, that's such a cool trick to have the drone, because it, it creates such a different uh, feel to the chord you're playing. I was so tempted to try and learn it and um, tune it down to drop D and do something like that, but I couldn't find a way to make the shapes work with my fingers. Right, yeah. Which, um, uh, it was a bit of a bugger. Because there are other parts in the song, aren't there, where you're kind of relying on different types of shapes that would D, drop D wouldn't lend itself to, is that right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, it's, drop D is fine, but you need to be able to move your fingers around the chords, and just because it's got an F in there, that's a really awkward chord mm. to do on drop D. Um, yeah. Uh, and then... Chorus chords, I was stuck for ages until I came out with just the B flat, which is not in key, to the A major, and then the other bit is just is my three favourite chorus chords again, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth. Um, but um, it's just a rundown from that, and like I was testing it out on piano, and that's where I got the melody from. 
Jesse. Like, like, I don't know if it came through on the recording, but the idea behind that is that it drops to half speed. Yes, no, it did come, come through. I mean, in my head, I was imagining sort of the drum beat slows to <laughs> half time. <laughs> like that instead. And um, the lyric, forgive me if I get it wrong, but I uh, wonder sometimes how you sleep at night, and then there's another bit to the same chords as well. Uh, yeah, like the first one is, it's a wonder how you always change my mind, and the second bit, and I wonder how you sometimes how you sleep at night. Yeah, th- those are some of the best bits of the song. They really stood out to me. I really like it when a chorus... Uh, I don't know how to say this, but it breaks down into good chords, strong chords, and says something like that, you know? Yeah, well, the reason it like uh, got longer as it went on is that I originally wanted to do like a thing I've heard on a James Morrison track I really like called Nothing Ever Hurts Like You, mm. which is a cool track. You should check it out if you haven't heard it. But yeah. uh, what I like about it is that he has like one round of chorus chords and his first chorus just is one round of those chords or two rounds of those chords. The second chorus is three rounds of those chord, and the final chorus is like four rounds of those chord, and he's adding on new lyrics each time. Oh, that's brilliant. That's so really that, good. That's what I wanted to try and do, but um, like, uh, it's taxing for my voice to do that. So the idea at the last chorus is that, you know, that's the rock everyone singing along moment. So that yeah. would go on almost indefinitely, but, you know, we've got limited time. And my voice won't hold out that long. And live, you could stop singing and let the crowd take over. It's provided they knew the words, yeah. Oh, I, also, I noticed this is our first instance of swearing in a weekly song, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if patience is a virtue, well, then I'm a fucking saint. Yeah. Um, so, did the lyrics come uh, yesterday as well, after the chords? Yeah. Everything came yesterday? Uh, yeah, I had D, I had D, A major, F and D. Up and I had the bass thing, but that's all I had all week. Okay, and what about the lyrics? Can you tell us a little bit something um, about those? Uh, there's not a lot to tell, really. It's just generic, um, angry, middle white class young kid with no problems really trying to write an angry song kind of thing. Uh, that's <laughs> essentially all there is to it. By the time you get to verse three. There is an idea in there that it's based on real life, but the first two uh, verses are just angry words. Well, yeah, it's a really good set of lyrics, like the way it flows and the words you use there. Um, yeah, really strong set of lyrics, really angsty. Uh, yeah, teen angsty. 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 <laughs> I'm slowly turning into that guy who just sit, uh, sings angry songs on acoustic guitar about how horrible his life is. Uh, Slowly. That's been my entire career. Um, but uh, yeah, that's well, there is isn't really not a lot to say. Again, I wanted to write a bridge, which is you know a bit where I was playing like uh, the D minor to E major to F to E major. I was gonna write some lyrics to that and make a bridge, but I just ran out of time. That's fair enough. I mean, it sounds like a song that wasn't just written yesterday. It sounds pretty honed and developed to me. If you, if you just said, I wrote this, you know, across the entire week, I would have been like, oh, great song, you know? It's still mm. the same. Thank but, you. Um, yes, it's a really good song. Well done. Cheers, dude. What's it called again? I forget. Wonder. Wonder. Yeah, I like my one-word titles. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> There's nothing more I can think to say about it, so... Good song. Well done. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, anyway, so... Uh, discussion topic this week. Take it away, Roger. Our discussion topic this week, which we... Really painstakingly slaved over and over two texts this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, um, is uh, well. First of all, I want to say 
that we've realised that kind of doing a list of our top 17 songwriters kind of takes up a lot of the podcast. Yeah, we you, have to edit a hell of a lot out. Yeah, so. I was going to say, like, if you've noticed that they get... We, we're trying to get them to 40 minutes, but our list come to an hour and we cut massive, <laughs> massive chunks out. Like the thing is... There's Rob, a whole 30 minutes of me gassing over Freddie Mercury <laughs> that we had to cut out of one of them. In the vault somewhere. Yeah. It's like... Uh, I, I don't know if this is interesting to anybody, but the... Um, the song part of it, we kind of just leave wholesale, like, you know, do that. And then we get to the discussion bit and we both sigh and we go, oh, what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, we get a drink and we just start going, right, cut that bit. Uh, the topic this week is um, kind of just like more of a vague thing of what first got you into music? You know, what were the artists you listened to when you first got into music and kind of who introduced them to you and uh, that sort of thing? You know, where did your musical... Uh, Seeds get sown first. Who's starting this one then? Uh, um, I, I can this week if you want. Yep, yeah, sure thing. Mine's be pretty mine's, sure. I don't I have to say mine's a pretty uninteresting story. <laughs> well, my, mine's like it's kind of what you'd expect. So, when I was about four years old, um, it's my earliest memory of music, and the music that was played around the house when I was a little boy was um, the first one that comes to mind is ABBA, also the Beatles and Queen. Those are the only three I can really remember from being a kid. So I had like a, a really good strong start musically yeah and then it devolved a little bit later when i i moved to america and i got into like you know boy bands and really poppy music that was sort of aimed at kids um and i the first single i ever bought i'm not sure if it was with my own money or whatever but um it was nsync and it was this heart-shaped single you could get as a cd uh it was a heart shape and i think oh, that's, the cd was actually shaped like a heart like a heart which is kind of cool i was gonna say how would it fit into the Mind you, it's a single, so it doesn't have to have a lot of information on it, does it? It's true. It's just like, I guess it was just in the middle. And I think I bought it just because of that shape. And then when I really started getting into music uh, properly, was I was about 11 years old. And the two biggest influences for me uh, in terms of people in my life were, firstly, my older brother, Nathan, um, and secondly, my stepdad, um, both big music fans, and both still have great taste in music. Um, my brother was a big metalhead and a punk guy at the time, and he... And he was four years older than me, so he was sort of 15, 16 when I was first getting into music. He introduced me to Green Day and Nirvana. They were my first two favourite bands, and I just, you know, devoured Green Day and Nirvana albums. Um, 90s Green Day, by the way, not the new stuff. Um, (laughs) My friend will be glad you said that. Yeah, um, and I still like it, like albums like Dookie and and that sort of thing, and Insomniac. uh, But anyway, uh, so they were the first ones I got into. And then I sort of started to consume anything with the label rock on it and so i used to get do you remember those sort of um air guitar anthems or like dad's 50 greatest rock song oh yes i've I've had a few of those in my time they're selling one now that's compiled by brian may called air guitar anthems oh really yeah um so i just got into any compilation and my my mum got me a couple and i just spent my pocket money and my chore money on um uh on rock compilations so anything in that genre so led zeppelin uh cream deep purple you name it anything rocky from especially from the 70s and also 80s stuff as well like uh, motley crew um so that's what kind of when i was like sort of 12 13 and then like i say my stepdad was a big influence on my music taste too so i started to listen to um things like nine inch nails smashing pumpkins and then i sort of um moved more in that direction more to like alternative rock and i was like in that for a long time and then, you know, sort of getting more towards the modern day, like the present day, sort of punk 
and hip-hop were my sort of thing when I was 15, 16, like a really big into punk and hip-hop. And then it's sort of like expanded out into different things in that area ever since. But yeah, so the first half was, uh, was that. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, you started your story at four. I'm going to start mine a lot later than that. Like, um... any, any first memories, though, of music? Well, oddly enough, my earliest memory is of um, a song being played on the TV. Like, someone was doing a really crappy cover of it, but uh, they played the original, and it was this one. since you've been gone by Rainbow well it's not by Rainbow but that version of it is by Rainbow who was it by do you know it was by a girl group originally but um, it was originally recorded on the piano so it went like this I've got to hear that because like, this is one of my favourite uh, 70s rock songs it, it's in if I ever have to compile a top 10 songs I like of all time that is near the top absolutely but that's the earliest memory I have but then I was just never into music properly when I was younger mm. like um you know I didn't hate it or anything but I just never I mean the first song I actually heard that I quite liked was um Year 3000 by Busted yeah like um and I remember they did the soundtrack to the Thunderbirds movie like um they had the Thunderbirds song that they did for that film oh, uh, okay yeah which um Looking back on it, it's not very good. But, like, there's, um, I think the, the director of the film hated the song so much, but he had to put it in the film, so he just used it on the closing credits. Mm. Whereas most times like, in the film, they'll try and feature it throughout as, like, a prominent theme. Mm. So he really hated that track. To yeah. be fair, it's a crap film anyway. But um, I didn't really have much to do with music. Uh, there was obviously... The radio was on around my house, which was Pirate FM, so that was 60s, 70s, 80s stuff. Mm. Did you like it, or was it just on? It was just on. I mean, I liked some of it, but... Sure. You know, not to the extent that I would call liking it now. My yeah, de- you My definitions yeah. of what I like in terms of music has changed, but I remember I used to have the Abba Gold CD. Yeah. So I listened to that a lot, like, um, from a long time ago. I remember the thing that got me into music properly, and I think it must have been 2005 or 2006, one of the two, I'm not sure... So I would have been about, uh, well, I'm 22 now, so I would have been about 12. And, um... Are you 22? No, not, fuck, I'm 24, aren't I? Uh... I was going to say, you're a lot younger than I thought you were. No, I keep forgetting how old I am, it's really embarrassing. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt that, it's just kind of a bit... <laughs> no, it's fine, you corrected, you corrected a, um, flaw in my story. Yeah, so I was 14, mm. and, um, either 14 or 15, and I remember that... McFly did a version of Don't Stop Me Now and I remember really liking the song and my sister had it on one of the Now CDs and I asked to borrow it and she said no because we didn't get on very well back then things are better now Um, and I remember my dad saying and he probably regrets saying this sentence if you go into my CD collection there's a CD called Queen's Greatest Hits it's on there and I ended up just obsessing over that collection of songs like Queen are my favourite band in the universe and they were the first band I properly got into but from there up until sixth form so that would have been you get into sixth form when you're about 16, 17 so for a good year possibly quite likely too Queen were the only thing I listened to because I'm I'm a bit more of an all or nothing person I go in for something all the way or I just don't bother with it 
And I remember, um, it's kind of an odd, like, I, most of the stuff I like tends to come from my friends. So I remember I met my friend Josh in sixth form. We'd been in the same school for ages. We'd been in the same classes together, but I'd never really uh, been, you know, mates with him before. Mm. But I used to take my acoustic guitar into sixth form just to practice between lessons. Okay. Like, I'd only been playing for about a year at that point. And I was still, like, I was still using a capo a lot and um, uh, just saying, right. Right, I can play every single part of whatever song that would be. Sure. Like, I was just basically stuck to the four chords guy. So he and I used uh, talked, I think, over the f- guitar or something. We used to try and play each other stuff. It's really funny. I was trying to get into Queen and he was trying to get me into Metallica. <laughs> but I'd, a while ago, I had bought an album Sgt Pepper's which is obviously the Beatles most famous album okay and I was slowly getting round to maybe think about checking out some more but my friend Josh got into a massive massive Beatles trip at that time this is the Metallica guy right yeah okay like um he's a he was a massive Green Day fan Metallica things like that and then he just all of a sudden went straight to the Beatles and he sort of kept saying have you listened to them yet have you listened to them yet have you done this and I eventually just went online and checked out a few tracks and fell in love yeah again so were they on the radio at all when you were a kid they're not really radio played are they no not on pirate so you didn't kind of like hear i knew something and then you go oh i knew that from my childhood sort of thing the only four beatles songs i knew were help a hard day's night let it be and what was the other one hey dude uh, i don't think so actually because mm. they don't play tend to play that so much because it's so long right it was one of the later ones, but I can't remember which one it was. Okay. But, you know, I'd only heard three or four uh, tracks on the left before. So I got fully into that, and I loved how old and scratchy it sounded, and how, well, old and scratchy in quotation marks. Sure, sure. Like, you, could, you can hear, you know, them in those recordings. That's what I love about old music. Yes, definitely. And I got into a band with my mate Josh and another mate of mine, Sam. Mm. And we, I, I was getting more into just sort of the general guitar music that was in the charts, and I sort of was backdating a little bit, and like finding bands like The Automatic and uh, you know the Fratellis and things like that, and thinking they were pretty cool. And um, yeah, I had a really weird. Like, tell me if this is going on too long. No, no, no this is all interesting. But um, we started playing back, uh, playing in a band, and I remember someone say, "Oh, the new album Wasting Light is out soon." Uh, we can possibly play some tracks off that once the tab is uploaded and everything. And I remember they played me the song White Limo. And I remember f- listening to it for the first time thinking, that's a pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's just too loud and scratchy, you can't hear anything. But then they... they chose a we- Sorry to interrupt, but they chose a weird song to show you, hey, this is a song from Wasting Light, because it's a fantastic album. And Yeah, I think they were, ju- they were just excited about the fact that it was coming out and everything. Right. But, you know, I... They kept saying, I'll oh, learn this Foo Fighters song, learn this Foo Fighters song. And over the course of a fortnight, I fell in love again. Mm. So those, those three bands kind of form my holy trinity of artists. If I ever record music, I want it to sound like the Beatles, Queen and the Foo Fighters came into a room together and, you know, had a blast. But um, Wow, imagine that. Yeah, that would be pretty damn cool, actually. <laughs> but uh, through them... Like saying, you've got to learn all this stuff for the band. I fell in love with the tracks. Like, you know, and Wasting Light is now my one of my favourite albums of all time. And mm. it's got one of my favourite songs of all time on it, which is Walk. Yeah. 
So by the time I went off to uni, I'd been into music properly for about two or three years, but I only really liked three bands. And so I remember, like, the novelty of there being a HMV in the same town as I was located in at uni. Yeah. Because, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, the only HMV in Cornwall is in Truro, and that's a good 20 minutes away from where I live on yeah. uh, the train. And that's, what, 25 minutes for you? 30? 30, 30, yeah. I mean, just as a little side note, even now... At my mid twenties, that's still a treat to go to the HMV in Truro. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. So I went a bit nuts when I found out there was one in my town. I yeah. remember everyone thinking I was really weird because I, <laughs> you know, there was a HMV in my town. And I was so excited about that, and I'd never been to Nando's before. I hadn't even <laughs> heard of Nando's. Same thing with Primark. Like, there's now a Primark in Truro, and just the Cornish went nuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember the novelty of there being one there. So I just ended up picking an artist I'd heard a song of that I liked and then just going through all their back catalogue. So that happened with Muse and Led Zeppelin and um, to a small extent The Who mm. uh, uh, and Frank Turner and Def Havana as well. Like, you know, that's kind of how I dissolve music. I don't tend to pick around a lot of things. I've got better as I've got older, but I don't tend to pick around a lot. I tend to go for one thing and then just research every single thing that I can about it. Yeah. Because I'm a weird obsessive like that. <laughs> I know what you mean, but that's that's a nice way to get into a band. I still do that to this day. Like, I told you my most recent um, find is uh, a guy called Jeff Rosenstock. Which you sent me a track off last night, which I want to check out the rest of it, actually. Really good. I mean, but, you know, just like you, what I'll do is I'll hear a song I like, get the album, you know what I mean? Like, if I have the money in the bank, I'll get the album... And then read the Wikipedia page, read the album liner notes, and um, you know, look at interviews on YouTube. I'll just really get into this person or this band, and uh, yeah, it's a nice way mm. to do it. Yeah, but like as I've realised, like looking back, all of my favourite stuff comes from other people telling me you will like this. Yeah, like if you know what I mean, like you know, all three of my favourite bands came from that. So it's kind of odd. Strange. I've never really been like that. I know that is um, contrary to my story of my stepdad and my brother and my dad and my mum as well um they all kind of had this it is more that they had the music on and i kind of went oh that's kind of cool and got mm. into it i don't usually get into music through people going that you'll like this um because i don't know i like to have an organic find you know yeah no I'm, I'm the sort of same like it's got that feeling has got stronger for me as years have gone on like um you know, my friend uh, Josh was massively into Frank Turner in 2012 and I wanted to hear nothing about him because mm. um, he went on about it a fair bit. But then come, I think, 2000, the end of 2013, mm. uh, I sort of caved in and bought an album and never looked back. Do you ever get it where you have that thing? I certainly get it. It's almost a childish thing of, I want this thing to be mine. Especially when you're a teenager and, like, yeah, well, I'm, that's... I'm the biggest insert band name here fan and well then... it's, it's kind of that wonderful feeling you have when you're a teenager which um you only get once or twice if it's a really obscure artist when you're older but like you discover for example let's say the ramones mm. and then you sort of go oh my god how has no one ever heard of this band before <laughs> because it's just never been in your life sure sure and you've never talked to other people about music like as you get older that goes away but like you had that moment of oh my god why aren't these guys played more I know, and like you, you think there's no. Oh my rec- god! I've discovered the Beatles. <laughs> there's no record label or or distribution involved. You found them. Yeah. But the thing is, I have this. And it's not as if they've been widely available and played for like forty plus years. 
I'm going to have to do a bit of research on this, but I have read a study that says your core musical tastes tend to be locked in by the time you leave your teens. Cool, so, yeah. So vague, so roughly what you like then mm. is going to be the major flavour of what you like for the rest of your life. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I... Like, you are still able to discover new stuff and everything, but, like, most of what... You, for example, if you're into punk all the way through your teenage years, you'll mostly like punk for the rest of your life. That makes definitely makes sense. I think you, you definitely absorb loads of stuff when you're a teenager. But then, I don't know, I mean, the only reason I'm sort of hesitating when you say that, because I think it's completely true, but there are things like, um, you know, I don't know, actually, I was about to say more hip-hop. Like, I'm a huge hip-hop head now, and I never used to be when I was a teenager, but then I say that, I was got into public anyway now. Enemy when I was sixteen and got kind of expanded from there, so that was that seed was yeah. planted then. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably true. Mm. It's kind of it's kind of interesting hearing about you because you like um, you know I know you're a big um, I've forgotten his fucking name again. Jeff Rosenstock, Elliot Smith. Elliot Smith. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're a massive fan of his style of music and obviously the Beatles and everything. And, yeah. You know, I know you've listened to Queen. I know you like your heavy rock as well, but I imagine that sort of thing being more the sort of thing that started to draw off, like the more singer songwritery, softer mm. side to them rock it up. Well, that's that's actually um, I can see what you'd think because it's like a progression in yeah. in well, volume. Cause, well, yeah, because <laughs> you you tend to write a lot with very complicated. Uh, or reasonably complicated chords and music and everything, which you don't necessarily tend to find a lot of in most rock music. I think it's like a... What is fun to listen to versus what is fun to write, you know? Mm. So there are things that I'll listen to that are just one, four, five, six, all the way through, and I'm like, this is amazing! Like, I've... You know, but if I wrote that song on the guitar, especially because we're doing a challenge where we're trying to, like, you know... Right, improve as a songwriter can. and everything I want to kind of like put in you know weird strumming patterns and like weird chords and also you know some of the music that really uh, appeals to me the most is the stuff that uses tricks that I haven't heard before you know so I'll really be in, I mean the thing is with music is there's like scientific evidence that certain chords appeal to us as human beings especially in western culture yeah. but then for someone to go outside the norm Anything like that really pricks my ears up, and I go, "Oh, right, what's this?" And then Elliot Smith really did that for me because he works in a sort of uh, one-four-five type of format, but he puts in so much more. And then, you know, the more there is, the more uh, interesting it can be. Hmm. And I mean, I, I'd say that in terms of chords, lyrics, or anything, but also just sonically. Um, right. So uh, I guess that brings us to sort of a natural close for our podcast. So we will see you again next week with new songs and new seven. troubles and some news. And some news. Yes. Yule time. You'll never know. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you for listening. And um, do check out soundcloud.com forward slash weekly song podcast. And I'm going to leave a link to our um, archive.org website as well. We can find the, the entire back catalogue of all of our, our weekly song podcasts as if, well. If you want to see how we've progressed or otherwise. Or uh, devolved. <laughs> yeah, one of them. Anyway, I think that's about it, isn't it? That's it. All right, ta Drop. Squeaky Las Vegas. Squeaky Las Vegas. I've Squeaky never heard the original song that Squeaky comes from. Las Vegas. Elvis, isn't it? Yeah. Angle. Right. Angry, man.
Rhymes that go like phosphorus Popping off the top of this esophagus Rocking this metropolis Another large water thing Now let's move to the metropolis But again, that preposterous hypothesis Was it Steve, perchance? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can't go Yeah, you can hit that note <laughs> I'm sure you do Have you ever seen the film Babe? The pig one? Yeah. Yeah, I've got bad memories of it. Oh, no. Uh, it's actually quite good. I watched it last night, but... Um, yeah, I just spend all my time watching kids' films. It's really <laughs> You fucking... do, actually, don't you? <laughs> it's really fucking weird. Um, I watched South Park as well, so it, it counts It balances out. out, yeah. Two episodes of South Park to one kids' film. It all works. So... <laughs> I forget that B is a step, step down. That's why I can't do harmonies in town when I go there. When he goes there. When I go there. <laughs> right, let's carry on with the podcast. It's getting late. <laughs> when I go there. When I go there. We found the podcast name. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Podcast heads on. Do we have those? Another special podcast name could be Pork is a Sweet Meat. Pork is a Sweet Meat. Pork is a Sweet Meat. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs>